Welcome to Epignosis, the teaching ministry of Grace Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. I will be speaking on something I have called the science of waiting. Waiting can indeed be a drag in this microwave age where everything is expected to go at lightning speed. Having to wait for anything is usually not funny at all. From time to time in our lives, a time will come when we will have no choice but to wait for something. Now knowing how to wait can determine what the experience will be. It can even make the wait seem longer or shorter. I have had several experiences of waiting for something, but when I learned the science of waiting, I found that waiting doesn't have to be so uncomfortable as it used to be for me. Have you ever been waiting for someone to call, or for someone to visit, or for a TV program, or for something to happen, and you simply sat and watched the clock? Boy. That is the longest wait ever. They say time goes faster when you're having fun. The truth is that time doesn't really go faster but only seems to go faster. It's more of a psychological thing. Like the great Albert Einstein said, space and time are relative. The way we experience time is not constant. It differs from person to person situation to situation and place to place. Knowing how to make time go faster when you have to wait can make that experience of waiting easier to bear. I can remember a particular experience that stands out in my memory about a waiting experience I had to go through. Someone I was quite eager to see had promised to visit me the following day. For reasons I will not go into, I was very happy about this visit. So out of excitement, I got up as early as 4.30 a.m., which was really abnormal for me. I'm more of a 6 a.m. kind of guy. When I woke up so early and couldn't go back to sleep, I decided to start my day, as I usually do, with some prayers. I prayed for about an hour. And when I was done, it was still about 5.30 a.m. About 30 minutes earlier than I usually wake up. I now decided to do some exercise. I exercised for about 30 minutes. And when I was done, it was still 6 a.m. Each time I did a particular activity, I looked at the clock to see what time it was. My expected visitor had said, it was going to be 10 a.m. So I kept looking at the time to see how far away from 10 a.m. it was. I must have looked at the clock a thousand times and disappointed each time I looked and it was still far. Time seemed to be running so slow this morning. After I've checked the clock for what seemed like a thousand times, and it was still like 7.30 a.m. I just got tired. 
I then realized that if I continued like this, I would drive myself crazy. So the brilliant idea of turning on the television came to me. Luckily, there was something showing that I really wanted to see. So I settled in and started to watch the TV. Before I even knew it, someone was at the door and I looked at the time and it was after 10 a.m. It was my visitor. The worst thing to do when you're waiting for anything is to count the time. That wait will be the most agonizing experience. But on the other hand, the best way to wait for anything is to forget about that day. By all means possible, take your mind away from what you're waiting for. Even if you're waiting for someone at their office, find a way to put your mind away from the wait. Thank God for all the devices available today which can provide necessary distractions. Now distractions can be a bad thing sometimes, but a very good thing at other times. So distract yourself with what you enjoy. But please don't pretend to read the newspaper that you're not interested in. Some people do this just to make themselves look serious. But it is probably the worst thing to do because it will make your wait even longer. You will be delivered from the slavery of the opinion of men. Now to buttress my point, let me present another striking example of waiting as God himself advised in scripture. When the Israelites were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, God actually sent a word to them through Jeremiah the prophet, telling them that their stay at Babylon will be 70 years and no less than that. Being such a long time, God described what the Israelites should do within that time. And the book of Jeremiah 29, 4-7 reads, Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5. Build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruits of them. Verse 6. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may increase there and not diminish. And verse 7, he said, And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace. Now look at that scripture. It's very clear that God wanted those people to simply go on with their lives in that place. He knew that they would likely go into fasting and prayer and wear themselves out with prayers that will never be answered. This is what we Christians do. Whenever there are issues, we simply go into prayer and fasting without finding out what the will of God is. At the end of the day, we exert a lot of energy and no result at all. The truth is that fasting and prayer is not meant to be a tool for waiting. As a matter of fact, it is the worst tool you can use for waiting. It's more likely to bring anxiety 
and make your situation even worse. I recommend fasting and prayer when times are good, in preparation for difficult times, not in the difficult times themselves. It's like preparing for battle when the battle is already on. Don't fast because you don't have money or food. It's a pointless and fruitless exercise. I trust God for the grace to speak on fasting sometime soon. But one thing I can say about fasting is that its purpose is more preparatory. It is training against the evil day. It is bringing your body under so that you will know how to handle it when times are difficult. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. God asks those people to get involved in their daily living so normally that they are not reminded that they are not at home. This is the key to the science of waiting. Doing things that make you forget that you are even waiting, that is the key. Thinking about what you are waiting for doesn't make it happen. It only goes to show that you are afraid and fear never produces anything good. Rather, shed your fear by removing your mind from the thing that you are waiting for. After you have committed the matter to God, simply forget it. Keeping your mind on it also proves your lack of faith. Trust that God is handling the matter as long as you know it's in line with his plan for your life in the first place. Remember, Paul said in the last part of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, that God gives us reaching all things to enjoy. So if you fail to enjoy your life because you have anxiety over the things that you are waiting for and the prayers that you are praying and the things that you are believing God, it is not God's fault. It's your fault. God does not intend for us to wait for anything in that way. God intends for us to have peace and put our faith to work and forget the matter. What I practice usually is simply submit the matter to the hands of God and believe that God is handling it. Once I believe that, then I do not worry. I put my heart into something that gives me pleasure and something that I enjoy doing. And before I know it, when I least expect it, my prayers are answered. But if I put my mind on it, it shows that I do not believe God. If I worry about it, that means it shows that I don't think God is powerful enough. But when I forget it and place my mind at ease, it shows that I believe God is working it out. And believe me, unfailingly, in due season, He will always work it out for you. Thank you very much for listening and have a blessed time. We hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.